This might be tough. You're okay? Let's get going. Let's 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 ask the Lord to bless his word because Lord, you said your word would never return void. It always hits the mark. Some people accept it, some people reject it, some people don't understand it. But Father, it always does what it's supposed to do. So God bless it, enrich it, and let it hit its mark in that wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And all the church says, says it again, says it while I take a drink. (laughs) Well, this is Palm Sunday, right? So the title of my message is, it's not about the palms, not about the palm, not about the palm brand. Some of you are are new to the faith and you may not know what happened that day, but before Jesus was crucified, he rode into Jerusalem on a colt, a young, young horse. Right? And they were throwing palm branches down on the road because that's what they did for kings. And he's riding on this colt, and in he comes. And they're all shouting, you know, Hosanna to the king! They, want, they, they, they thought he was riding into Jerusalem to, to overthrow the Roman Empire. No, he wanted to overthrow their hearts. There's a difference. And think of it, and this one, it's not about the palms because in reality, hmm, that same crowd that said Hosanna was the same crowd a couple days later that will shout, one, crucify him. How many know people are fickle? One day they're with you and the least little thing, and then they're not with you anymore. Yeah, I've, I've had a few, I've had to pull a few knives out of my back. Have you ever had to take a knife out of the back and ever been betrayed? Well, Jesus understands what you're going through. Believe me. One, and, and I think he knew it when they were all shouting. You know, when people praise us, we just take it all in. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really all about that. Just remember a couple days from now, they might be they might be singing a different song about you. So don't get too high when they're high and don't get too low when they're low and put your trust in him. So it's it's not about the palm branches, it's not about all that. The crowds praised him soon they would cry crucify him. So Today, you know, next Sunday we'll talk about the risen Christ. But today, and this is not a popular message, but I'm going to preach it anyway. We need to talk about the crucified Christ. And not just the crucified Christ, but we need to talk about our own crucifixion. See, that's why it's so popular. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about how that we need to crucify some things. Because let's let's just be honest. How can you live a resurrected life if you've never been through the crucified life? How, you can't raise up things that aren't dead. Fist bump your neighbor and ask them, are you dead yet? By the way, if you're the kind of person that easily gets your feelings hurt, it's because you're not dead. It's hard to offend dead people. Oh, I can go on with that. I can go on with that. Y'all don't want to hear it, though. Let, let's look at, let's just go through some scriptures real quick. Can I teach a little bit? And then we'll get, then, you know, someone said the difference. You know what the difference in teaching and preaching is? Teachers tell it. Preachers yell it. That's the only difference. Romans. Let's get into this. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to go through this. And this is from, a, you got to get this translation. It's called uh, the Passion Translation. I love this new translation. So, so what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kingdom and grace will increase? <laughs> no. What a terrible thought. We have, I can't hear you. We've died to sin once and for all. We're just not acting like As a dead man passes away from Wow, I might not have to preach. These scriptures will just preach it themselves. Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus 
like baptism and just being saved, the anointed one were immersed into union with his death. Wow. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried, co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory ah, raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected. When we talk about resurrection, we're not talking about the last day. We're experiencing resurrection, new life, now. Now we are. We were also raised with him. We've been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered, empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and a new life that imparts. Oh, come on, come on, next verse. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? Oh, you all missed a place to shout. What this dead thing is all about is disarming your past, disarming the power of sin over your life, disarming influences. It's not about you trying hard. It's about surrendering to the fact that your past, all sin, has been disarmed. No weapon formed. <laughs> For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. It's not so much about what you do. It's about what you're submitted to. Lord, the amen's getting weaker. Help me out here. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. Wow. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. You still with me? I know reading the word bores you, but I'm going to keep going. Verse 9, and we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death, and its power over him is finished. It, it had enough power to take him to the cross, but it didn't have enough power to keep him in the grave. I'm t- I've said enough stuff already. Y'all should be on your phones tweeting this stuff. Y'all, for by, his, by the way, that's not a bad idea. You know, It would be cool if all your friends and family would see like a dozen tweets come out from you about, about, about 11 o'clock, 11.30 every Sunday morning. It would be cool. For by his sacrifice he died to sin's power once and for all, but he now lives continuously. Watch this. Watch this. Don't miss this. He lives for the Father's pleasure. One more verse. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure. I'm going to get to that by the end of this. God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Glory, glory. 1 Corinthians 6.12, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. Come on, come on, come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, 33, watch this. He said, I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. 
I get up every morning and commit suicide. I get up every day and die to self. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It's all about what and who you hang with. I'm not talking about who you minister to. I'm not talking about who you're praying for. I'm not talking about you're hanging around people so you can win them for Jesus. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fellowship with darkness. It doesn't work. Give God praise if you understand what I'm saying. So in in the King James, in that last verse in Romans, it really says, and this is for all the Southerners here, we reckon ourselves, all right? In other words, he says, you're dead, but some of you don't know it. You're dead, but you're still, you're still flirting and playing with things you shouldn't be. You're dead, but he said, you don't really, he said, you need to start. <laughs> it's one thing for the judge to declare you free. It's something else for you to walk out of the courtroom and start living like it. Sometimes the court, the judge says you're free and you go back to your jail cell because you're more comfortable there. You're legally free, but actually bound. And God has declared freedom. If you have uh, surrendered to him, given your life to him, ask him to forgive uh, you of your sins, you are free from the power of sin. Do not go back to your jail cell. Is this okay? I mean, if it isn't, it doesn't matter. We're going to preach it. Just start reckoning. Here's the word. The, the key word here is reckon. Say, I reckon. You have to start reckoning. And that Greek word is really an accounting term that you need to balance your books. You need to reckon yourselves dead. You need to get, like Romans 12.1, you need to start getting a transformation in your brain. And that's the whole purpose of this message today, to get your brain caught up with your spirit. Your spirit's been saved, set free. Your, your brain just doesn't know it. And, and we just need to start reckoning. Do the math. You're free. The power, oh, let me say Sin does not have power over you. I don't care what the devil said. I don't care how deep and bad your history is. I don't care what, what someone's uh, lying to or you're lying to yourself. I'm here to tell you, if you're a born-again believer, you are free from the power of sin. I didn't say you'll never sin again ever in your life. Let's be real. But what I'm saying is you've been set free from the power of it. Oh, Lord, I want to preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now watch this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Because um, Paul says at, 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 at the end of that, if, if we were to, don't go back, but he says at the end of that, that you have to, in the King James Version, it says, it talks about that that is a mystery here, and it talks about you have to get the knowledge of God. This whole thing about dying and resurrection, there's some secret knowledge there. Quite quiet. How many want to know what that what that is? Come back next Sunday. There is some secret knowledge. There is something here because some of you are trying really hard not to sin, and it's not working. Oh, you won't amen me now. Oh, yeah, that's that guy behind me, you know. It's like, turn around and tell the guy behind you, you know, if you just listen, we can get out of here quicker. <laughs> you know, you know something's wrong with you. Whenever I'm preaching, you're thinking about who needs that word. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. <laughs> John, uh, 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 okay, uh, here's one I want to share with you. This is cool. There's only one teaching of Jesus that's in all four Gospels. One. It's cool. One teaching. How many want to know what it is? Again, come back next. There's only one teaching. I'm going to tell you what it is in a little bit. But not right now. Only one teaching. There's, there's like, I think there's like four stories that are in all, and, and, there's, and there's like uh, 
a, a couple of miracles that are in all four. But there's only one teaching from Jesus. That's, how many believe that might be important? That the, that the, the only thing that's re, that the Holy Spirit repeats in all four Gospels is only one thing, one teaching. That's, that's got to be important. Let's, let's see if we can find it. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 25. We're going to jump around here. He who loves his life and will lose it, he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Right, 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 right. How about John chapter 12? Let's go. Verse 1. Verse 1, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead, remember that? And this is towards the end of his ministry, whom he had raised from the dead. There, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus is one of those who sat at the table, typical man. Well, the game was on. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, her glory, and the house was filled with the fragrance. Wow. Verse, next verse. Wow. Some things are more important than the game. Whew. Hallelujah. Next verse. Next verse. But one of his disciples, how many know there's always one? One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, not Simon Peter, different Simon, Simon Iscariot, who would betray him. You know, you know, it's really, you know, it's hard to get your name in the Bible, and that's how you get in. That's not good. And, and he, man, he talks about his daddy. <laughs> what he would do, you know, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing. So verse 5 says, why was this fragrant oil not used for th- those uh, 300 denarii could have been given to the poor? He didn't care about the poor. He wanted to make sure he got his salary. Here's the first clue. We're going to do blues clues today, okay? Yeah, I got my grandpa stuff down. I got blues clues. Here's the first one. Mary cared about Jesus. Judas cared about the budget. Judas was all about the religiosity. Judas is all about paying bills. Judas is all about whatever Judas is about. We know what he eventually was about. But Mary was all about Jesus. By the way, if you'll just be all about Jesus, you won't have to worry about it. How many know it just works out that way? The more you hold back, the less you get. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a huh moment right there. That's clue number one, okay? Let's go on in the story. Let's go on in the story. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. How many people are stealing spiritual blessings, stealing things from us because all they care about is the money? And he had the money box. And, and I always wondered about that because he had a tax collector as one of the 12. That guy should have been in charge of the money. I don't know. But he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. That gets you in trouble. Listen, if you're in the ministry, don't be in it for what you can get out of it. That gets you in trouble every time. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, right? When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Oh, I tell you, you want to draw a crowd? Let's get Jesus in the midst. So they took branches of palm trees, right? It's Palm Sunday. Went out to meet him and cried out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Amen. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written. This was prophesied in the Old Testament. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Uh Now, there were certain Greeks among those. Let let me just pause there, because the second clue has to do with the colt. Now, really, there were two horses, right? There was the mama and the colt. And we wonder, why why even bring up the thing? Because Jesus was trying to tell you a couple things about those two horses, because the old horse represented the Old Testament that gave birth to something new. So he comes in on the colt, not the old mare. Jesus isn't going to ride things and people hmm, that have other things riding on them. He wants to ride a colt that no one has ever ridden on. (sighs) 
You want the presence of God in your life? You can't haul everybody and everything. You just put him. How many this morning are willing to be the transportation for Jesus? How many are willing to entertain the presence of God? How many are willing to be that cult, amen, that refuses to haul the world around? When I say the world, I'm talking about your worry and your depression and all the other temptations and, and junk in our lives. Let's get that off the horse and let's, let's, uh, let's just be a vehicle for the presence of God. Amen. When they brought in the Ark of the Covenant, the priests were instructed, don't put it on an ox cart. He said, put it on your shoulders. It's time to shoulder the presence of the Lord and let's bring in the presence in these last days. Somebody help me in the house. But here's the thing. We have to get to a place of maturity. And God's trying to get us because, listen, a, listen, a colt can be too young to carry somebody. Can, can I just be blunt? A 13-year-old can reproduce, but it's not good. Point of There's just, listen, we got to get to the point of maturity in walking with God so that we can carry the presence. Remember that? robe on a hook, that vision I had. Listen, God's telling us what I want to send, you're not able to bear. So be careful when you pray for revival and pray for the glory, because before that happens, he needs to make sure the cult is trained. Oh, this is too deep for y'all. This, 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 I'll save this for Wednesday night. This is too deep. They, when it comes to horses, they don't call them breaking horses anymore. I guess they call it finishing horses. And you got the horse whisperers, and right? And it's all it's all about getting them trained and ingrained how to carry and how to be whatever God's called that colt to be early in life. Early in life they're trained slowly, step by step. So at some point they can start carrying a passenger. The pastor, what what have you been preaching about lately? What have you been talking about all this stuff? Because I'm trying to get the colt ready because the presence is coming. And I think we're hungry for the colt. We still got a few of old mare people. Oh, you're going to come at me with that one. The old mare ain't what she used to be. It's not about what God used to do. It's about what God wants to do now. Wow, 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 wow. So there's a clue there that God's getting us ready. Uh, he's imprinting our lives so that we're ready when the time comes to bear. Ah, I'm telling you, God wants to turn your house upside down. He wants to turn your neighborhood upside down. He wants your neighbors. I don't know what something's going on over at that house. Uh, Your neighbor's going to get sick. Somebody at work's going to get sick. You're going to lay hands on them. They're going to be instantly healed. And they're going to say, well, you know, something's going on in that person's life. I want to go. Listen, they'll argue about your doctrine. But when they see signs and wonders and they see the miraculous move of God, you can't argue with that experience. God send the glory. Can I tell you, when the glory is an atmosphere, when God sends the glory, I won't have to lay hands on you. I won't have to even preach a message. I mean, the glory, every when the I'm not talking about goosebump glory. I'm talking about the glory cloud that fills the house where everybody in the house is immediately healed. Preacher, you're talking crazy. Yeah, but it's my kind of crazy, so leave me alone. Every church is crazy, but I want my kind of crazy. God's kind of crazy, amen? Wow, 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 wow. All right, let's get to the last clue, blues clues, number three. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. They're coming to church, right? Coming to worship. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and they asked him, 
sir, we wish to see Jesus. See, that's really why they're going to start coming. They're not coming. They're not going to come because the music's awesome. They're they're not going to come because man, that's the best preaching in the world. They're not going to come because that that's the best looking pastor in the city. That you made me this way. You did. That. That's they're not going to come even for hospitality. I think they're 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 going to come because they want to see Jesus. So so they came to Philip these 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 guests right visitor who was. What happened? So Philip, so Philip came and he told Andrew, "Hey, Andy, there's some people here that want to see Jesus. They want to see the pastor. Yeah, they want to see the rabbi." So, and in turn, so Andrew and Philip told Jesus, "You know, so, sometimes you're scared to death to do things. So I need somebody to go with me." So Philip took Andrew, and they both went to Jesus because somebody wants to see Jesus. It's kind of like. A guest would come into our church, and they say, I would like to see the pastor, which isn't necessarily a good thing <laughs> when they come in. I want to see the pastor. <laughs> it's usually not a good thing. But, but, Jesus, but Jesus answered them saying, right? You go, you, you go to Jesus. Jesus, there's some people here that want to see you. Jesus says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. <laughs> Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, what are you talking about? I just got a couple of people want to talk to you. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> if it falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep Jesus I just want to introduce you to some new people, but I don't <laughs> what's this, you know? You know, I said, you know, they, they kind of go back. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I asked him if he wanted to see you, and he, you know, it's something about seed dying in the ground, and 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 uh, you know, you have to lose your life. And I, I don't know if you got something to sign, I'll sign it. Or if you want to do, you know, you want to do a selfie, I might can get that arranged. I, I just don't know. I just don't know what to tell you here. <laughs> you know, Jesus, Jesus, just you know. But isn't that like Jesus? You ask him a question, he goes off into the into some. You know, some people we know are like that. You know, most prophets are like that. You ask them a question, they go, oh, no, 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 no. and they're just gone in the stratosphere somewhere. <laughs> it's hard to follow prophets sometimes. Amen. <laughs> they're not smiling at me either. They're like, yeah. so you get this weird, but, but, but listen to me. It, this doesn't seem to make sense. If it were me, I'd go over and shake hands. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jesus. How you, know, but, uh, you know, but he goes into this, but really, really, really. He was telling them something that they needed to listen. Jesus was already way ahead of them. Jesus wasn't talking about meeting those people. He's talking about what you, what we're all going to have to do if we're ever going to see Jesus. And by now you figured it out. The one teaching that's in all four Gospels, not only in all four Gospels, but it's listed in two of the Gospels twice. So it's six times this, that, <laughs> that saying that just disappeared there. He who loves his life, he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal. Now that's depressing. I got to hate my life. Some of you have said that I hate my life. And no, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> you probably should hate that life. But he who loves his life will lose it. I got to hate my life. What is that all about? Wow. Ephesians 530. I, I know I'm jumping around, but it's just it's just the way the way God's changing the way I'm preaching again, and it's driving the media people crazy. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Huh? Huh? For this reason, a man shall leave his 
father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Preacher, where in the world are you going with this? This is a great mystery. Didn't I say there was a mystery to this? Didn't I say there was secret knowledge about this death and resurrection? But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Somehow we got it in our head that if I was just disciplined and I could live a good life, that every time I'm tempted, if I could just say no, if I could if I could, you know, when I'm around that person, if I if I just had more self-control, I I I, I wouldn't pick up that joint. <laughs> if if I just had enough control, I wouldn't watch that television show. If I, if I just had enough control, I wouldn't lose my temper. If I just had enough control, I I'm just out of control. I just need to be more disciplined. Well, let me ask you a question. If you needed to find somebody for advice, and you wanted to model your life, and, and you had to find that person that would take you to heaven, do you really want to follow the guy who's the most disciplined? This is too deep for y'all. I can see it. Are you here? Is that the guy you want to I'm going to heaven because I'm disciplined. I can overcome sin because I'm disciplined. Sometimes the more you say no, the elephant just gets bigger in the room. And the more of you, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I just did it. Kind of like that Chinese torture thing. The more you try to, the more you pull out of it, the tighter it gets. It is not about your control. Quit beating yourself up because of the sin in your life. Quit beating yourself up because you fail. It's not a, you know, it's, oh man, if I were just a better person. God didn't save you because you're awesome. God doesn't just save disciplined people. And the fact of the matter is, if you're if you're holy because you're disciplined, then when you go to heaven, you've got bragging rights. Lord, I'm here because I'm a disciplined person. No, you're here because Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the price and the penalty for all of your sins. Not only that, but he released the power of God. God, hallelujah. He defeated the power of hell and the power of sin. It's not that you don't sin anymore. It's that God is declaring the power of sin is defeated. So what? And we're not even to the secret yet. We're not to the secret yet. Here's the secret. Remember? Mary, Judas. Watch this. He said it's like marriage is like the church and Jesus. How many remember the day you were married? How many remember the three times you were? No, no, it's not good. Sorry. Mayo Copa, Mayo Copa, Mayo Copa. All the ex-Catholics are like, yeah. Got to know your audience. Got to know your audience. No, no, it's, it's not about that. Lord, now I'm not sure where to go with this. this it's, it, it's not about that. You remember the day you were married and the preacher asked you and forsaking all others. Y'all remember that? I've done a lot of marriages in 40 years and I've never once had a guy say, oh, wait a minute. You mean I have to give up my girlfriend? Somebody get me a red flag. I need to wave a red flag. You know, you don't ever go, I got to give, I have to give up my pornography. Oh, it just got serious. I got to stop looking at every... (laughs) One guy told me, I'm not really looking at girls. I'm just appreciating God's creation. I'm helping you guys. Just go with that. And then let me know how that works for you. Here we go. Why? Why do you not ask that question? Because all of a sudden, you have the love of your life. You no longer relate to your girlfriend. Your, your girlfriend doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Your girlfriend brings nothing to the table anymore. That pornography means nothing anymore. Someone else's wife means nothing to you anymore. Why? Why? It's not because you're disciplined. You're not making that 
I promise. Oh, it's going to be hard. (laughs) That marriage is doomed already. And so is that relationship with Christ that wants it both ways. I'm going to tell you how to get, how to reckon that power to where you don't have to sin, to where you, you can die every day and be free from sin. Here's the secret. Just get closer to Jesus. Mary said, I want to wash your feet with my hair. I'm going to use my glory to serve you. When you find the love of your life, nothing else tempts you. I I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. You need to get this. Why Paul said I die daily because it's a process. I I want you to listen to what I'm going to say here and I'll shut up. We'll go to the house and have, have some chicken dinner. Here we go. The closer you get to God, the more you have to leave behind. The closer you get to God, the more you let go. You can't go in his presence with your girlfriend. Some people say they live out there, they live on the fence, right? That's not where the presence is. Pastor, how can I get victory over these temptations in my mind? How do I get free from this. Is this an important message? I'm going to tell you how. It's not by it's not by the church of God listing a bunch of rules and say thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt. Listen, the law has no power. I could sit here and preach all day long about what's wrong, but that has no power. Where the power is, is that as you get closer to the fire, as you come into his presence, as you entertain the presence of God, as you get closer to him, it's not about, I don't know, I, I'm just, I just don't know what to do. You'll know what to do because all of a sudden the things you used to do, it's not about you saying, I'm not going to do it. It's all about, I don't want to do it. All of a sudden, I don't need that anymore. It just drops off you. The more, The closer you get to Jesus... All that other stuff just gets burned up, just gets burned away, and you just get closer and closer. Paul said, I die daily. In other words, I'm putting off the stuff. I'm putting off some stuff, not because I have to, not because the church says I have to, not because preacher Philippi uh, preached conviction on me. I'm just putting it away because I don't need it anymore. I have seen the light. I Let me put it another way. Fall in love with Jesus and you will not desire the things of the world. So simple but so profound. 